0: Thank you. welcome to the first ever episode of the Wainwright Ramblers with me Lance and my fellow Rambler Matt. Hello. In this series our aim is to take you on our journey to complete the 214 fells in the English Lake District known as the Wainwrights. In this short episode we'll give you a little insight into who we are, what we're doing and why we're doing it. We'll also give you an overview of how each episode will look and what to expect in the coming weeks. But first let's uh, tell you a little bit about ourselves.
1: Do you want to start us off? We met, were we 14?
0: Must have been about 14. Around that age, we're talking like year nine school, kind
1: GCSE of. GCSE art. And we ended up sat next to each other in this class because I don't know how Lance feels about this, but I truly did not have any better options <laughs> um, to sit next to. And then that was the start of it, really. We've kept in touch over the good God, 15 years since. Makes you feel old. And this is our latest venture. <laughs> Okay so
0: first of all what are the Wainwrights? Well the Wainwrights are a list of as I said 214 English peaks uh, that lie within the boundaries of the Lake District National Park in England and they're described by Alfred Wainwright in his seven volume pictorial guide to the Lakeland Fells. Now I also hear you ask Matt who is Alfred Wainwright? You must be listening very close. (laughs) Well let me tell you so I found out about the Wainwrights last year which of course made me Buy the books myself, dig in and read a little bit about Alfred Wainwright. I think this is going to be a bit of a history lesson for both me and you, unless you unless you're full of Alfred Wainwright knowledge.
1: I I know of the man. I know where he's been, where his footsteps lay. But I really, yeah, I don't know a massive amount. Okay, well, fill me, me in.
0: Let me fill you. Let me <laughs> fill you in. So Alfred Wainwright was born in Lancashire in 1907, Blackburn to be precise. He was very passionate about walking. He walked from a very young age. But the very first time he went to the Lake District itself was in. Uh, quick maths here, 1930, he was 23? 23, 23. 23. That's correct. So the very first place he went was Windermere, and he climbed a hill called Arrest Head, which would you believe it was not one of the original Wainwrights? Very controversial. Very controversial, very controversial indeed. Controversial. Uh, so basically, uh, it's, not, it's only a little hill. Um, short walk, it's about two mile, nice little circular route, but it gives you a real nice landscape of the lake itself and the, and the surrounding mountains.
1: Love at first sight for Alf.
0: So basically, he climbed up a rest Head and that's kind of what he goes on to describe as the thing that started it all. It was that which set him off on going on the rest and kind of creating the books. So in that was 1930, so 1955, he produced his first of seven pictorial guides to the Lakeland fells. Uh, So he'd had 25 years under his belt at that point, and he released his last one in 1966. So across 11 years, he'd climbed the 214 fells. Each book had detailed drawings of each walk and different routes up each different peak, and kind of in-depth dramatic descriptions, which was what I think everyone loved about Alfred Wainwright's books. For me, I think that, like half of them, I haven't read them all. But what I what I like to do is read about each one before I go do the walk, or I'll read about it when I get back from the walk. But it's it's literally for, for anybody to read. So you could have a love for the lakes, and you could in read it for for formal reasons. You could read it because you want to follow the route up, or you could read it because it can kind of take you there just through words. That's how strong his writing was. It was so dramatic that you could close your eyes and well, not close your eyes because you're reading, but <laughs> you, 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 would, you you get what I'm saying. You kind of feel like you're yeah. there. So that, of course, is Alfred Wainwright, and what he wrote about was the 214 fellows that he he called, well, I'm not sure if he calls them the Wainwrights, but they're, they're for now, <laughs> now forever known as the Wainwrights. I'm not I sure he, he, says, he says, I'm off on one of my own hills today. I imagine today. if he referred to them as the Wainwrights. Um, so <laughs> they range in whole different shapes and sizes, so the smallest is, Matt?
1: Do you know, I was having a conversation about this with someone the other day. The, the short answer is, I don't know. Okay. Um... My favourite of the small ones is Dodd Hill, but I know Dodd that, Hill? I know that's any not any Dodd Hill facts for us. Dodd Hill is small
0: with trees, not as small as this one. So Castle Crag sits at 290 metres, which is, of course, the smallest of the Wainwrights. But by no means does it does it set it aside from the rest of them. I think that every every one of the Wainwrights has got something unique about it, which is why they're kind of so special. Mm-hmm. For example, Castle Crag is quite famous for Milliken Dalton. Have you heard of Millican Dalton?
1: I'm discovering now that there is a lot I don't know.
0: To be honest, I didn't know much about, about this either, but I was kind of looking at some walks and I, I came across Millican's Cave, which I, I was quite interested in. So I Millican's did a bit, Cave? Yeah, he's got his own cave. We'll get to that. <laughs> of course he has. So I did a bit of reading and basically Millican Dalton is a man that was born in kind of mid-1800s uh-huh. and he lived down south with his family. For 50 years of his life, he spent his summer living in a cave on Castle Crag. So he travelled up north and in 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 the 1800s and just decided to live in the cave and he was sort of a a a, a, a local celebrity so to speak okay and it was around the time of the war that um he used to get i'm not sure who it would be that would tell him this but basically someone official would tell him that he had to put his campfire out and turn his lights out which of course was his only form of light in in this cave like on this hill because they were concerned that they
1: were going to get bombed because, obviously, it was the war. The, yeah, concern that would sit high on your priority list at the time. <laughs> well, not for with Dalton. He was just happy to be in his cave. Just and have a great time. His, with, as long as he had berries and nuts, he was happy. But to be fair, in those days, if you were going to travel from the south to the north, you wouldn't want some guy knocking at you... Well, i are going to say knocking at your door, knocking at your cave, telling you what you can and can't well, do. No, it's no, going to ser- take you three days to make it <laughs> He's
0: certainly not just hopping in his Vauxhall course and heading, <laughs> heading up there. So the, the, kind of, the kind of famous story is that he... He would write letters to Churchill in anger and disgust about what about what had happened. Basically, he was really annoyed at, I guess, the man, the system. Oh, yeah, he would be because he, he was upset that and and uh, disheartened that some, <laughs> someone was coming to put his fires out and his lights out in his in his cave, as you can imagine. Uh, Churchill didn't respond because I think he was uh, quite busy with other things at that time.
1: Yeah, a few things on his plate during the war. <laughs> so. So, yeah, that
0: that's the story of Milliken Dalton and Castle Crag, which, again, hopefully we'll go into more detail when we actually complete that walk. I'm looking yeah. forward to doing that one. So that's Castle Crag, which is, of course, the smallest of
1: the Wainwrights. Uh-huh. So can you tell me the tallest of the Wainwrights? I am certain, an extreme amount of confidence, that I can tell you that, Scarfell Pike. Correct. Oh. Oh.
0: But for an extra bonus point, can
1: you tell me the height? Um, I mean, the answer to your question is No. Can I get like ten meters either side? I'll give you that. Yeah, ten meters. I'll say. I'm pretty sure it starts with a nine, so that that helps. Nine four five. To be fair, you're not a million miles away. Oh. The correct answer
0: is nine seven eight meters. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're an imperial man, that's over three thousand foot. Good to so know. But we're, we're metrics here, so nine seven eight is is Scarfell Pike, which is actually not just the tallest in the Lake District, but it is the tallest in England as oh. well but unfortunately no cave stories on Scarfell Pike always a shame but I think it has its own merits which I'm sure we'll come to in the future Mm -hmm. so there we go we've had a little bit of a quiz on the smallest and the tallest Um, I'm not going to quiz you on any of the 212 that sit in between
1: that's probably for the best because I feel like I've scored quite low so far
0: (laughs) but I think there may be some more quizzes in the coming (laughs) weeks so pressure upon your knowledge yeah great brilliant It was, it was said that Wainwright was, was quite a reclusive person as well, and he often found the Fells to be the place where he could just be away from everyone kind of on his own. And I think that's one of the reasons why I love the Lake District myself is because you can park your car up, and within 10 minutes, there's literally you and nobody else around you in a million miles and it just feels
1: like you can shut off from the world a little bit and especially in the past year or so I think that's what we've needed I was going to say, let's give it some context we're starting this on the back of a year everyone is aware of the circumstances and I think for a lot of people especially ourselves, the lakes have served as something as an escape from what's been going on and I think that brings us nicely to how we both got into this back into it in my case I started many moons ago when we used to stay in a static caravan by, by a bed of water. You know the, the vibe. Oh, I know. I know. i have been many a static caravan in my life. <laughs> my, my granddad on my mum's side was a big fan, as was my mum. So that ended up being the family holiday. And it was like two or three a year. As a kid, you kind of just want to play out with friends and play video games and all the rest of it. And at the time, I don't think... I appreciated it for what it was, but I'd like to think that's just a kid maybe being a bit difficult. When we got out on the hills, it was a bit of a different story, and I loved it. It was exciting, it was adventurous, it was just different, you know? I didn't go back for a long time, no particular reason. Life just kind of happens. I don't remember the last time I went before I started going back, but in the interim I did the whole university job, you know, things just... Things just happened. So the first one we did when we went back last year, was it September? Yeah. Was Scarfell Pike was the first one where we decided to go up when we went together for the first time. And it was the first time I'd been back for a few years. And when we got to the top, it was very cloudy, a bit of a miserable day, but there was maybe 30 people up there, which given the circumstances of what was going on, was a lot of people to have in one place. And for a brief moment, the clouds parted, as you'll remember, and the sun shone. And everyone just started cheering. And it was just such a... Uh, oh,
0: I can only describe that to me as... For me, as festival atmosphere. Yeah. Like, if you've been to a festival, you you know, you you hear the murmurings of the people and the, everyone's talking to everyone. and Which, again, is really weird because at that time, you, you hadn't left your house for about four months. Yeah. And it felt weird to actually see another person, let alone talk to them. Mm-hmm. So people were you know t- talking and I think that's what one of the reasons that I love the f- the fell so much is this there's two kind of walks for me and one of them is is the, your big like mountain like your Scarfell Pikes and your Helvellins and the the other kind of variant of walk for me is is the complete opposite which is like your haystacks where it's just us and nobody else mm-hmm. kind of there and that's when it, it kind of takes fully takes you away and there's nobody around yeah and you can just forget the world you forget that there's a pandemic happening and there's no mobile phones, there's no mobile phone signal, so there's no chance <laughs> of that up there. You've not got the Wi-Fi out, but that, that's the, the two different walks for me and they both have their own merits and I think that's why like, one of the biggest is why I'm in love with what, what we do.
1: Yeah, so that's what drew me back, that kind of euphoric moment on the top of Scarfell Pike and similarly, I mean, we did hear Sacks the next day, didn't we? We did, yeah. So we've, we kind of knocked those two back to back and having not gone for so long to having these two wild experiences of just pure joy and especially on the back of what we'd all been through i was hooked but like i said it's since served as an escape and i'm also very conscious of my efforts being something of a legacy i don't want it to end with my parents so i've gone full circle but i think it was a little different for you right
0: yeah mass- i mean massively different for me so the very, the very first time i actually visited the lakes was in about 2011 so i was about 20 some around 20 19 years years of age uh, and I came with my uh, now lovely wife and it was our very one of our very first holidays together after we'd been together for a year or so. And I kind of took the, the lakes in, as, as a literal meaning. I just, <laughs> I saw lake district and just assumed that it's a district of lakes. 100,000 square foot of pure water. So, so basically when we came, we didn't really do any kind of walks. We kind of just visited the lakes because I thought that's what you did. I thought that was the done thing. Um so I was very touristy, you know, we went, did the, the the generic stuff, like going to Windermere and going on our steamboat and v- visiting the lakes, essentially, which don't get me wrong, it was beautiful and a lovely, a lovely thing to do. But I never quite got the full experience, Yeah. which brings me on to when I went back for the first, for the first time again after that. The big return. Yeah, to, to, and did my kind of first, first walk. Um, so in July of 2020, when we were first allowed out of the house again, which is a crazy thing to say. Imagine being told you can't leave your house. It's sentence, yeah. Um, and I, I went on a, a kind of a couple's holiday with with my wife, Amy, and uh, our fellow Rambler, Nick, um. and and his partner. And we did four nights away, and I'd, I'd, I'd kind of planned some walks. And the ones that I'd planned were just ones that I thought, you know, we were in Keswick, we were near Keswick. I had no idea they were Wainwrights but the first one I ever did was uh, Walla Crag that's kind of when I fell in love with it so from then I've probably done around 20 which isn't a lot compared to some people have bagged a lot but that's been in under a year and kind of kind of fleetingly going back and forth to the lakes because obviously I've been in and out of lockdown um, but I've got about 20 under the belt so far and we're going to kind of go through each one in each episode um, do, do, you, do you happen to remember the first one that you climbed? Or?
1: oh man no in a word, no. I obviously didn't have a say in what we did because I was so young. Mum would plan the route and off we went. I remember doing the ones, you know, we did Cat Bells. Um, I think we did Blencathra quite early. Helvellyn was was a big one. I did Striding Edge when I was maybe 11. But the literal first one, that's a big, big ask. Big, big ask with no answer basically no yeah, fair, no fair. Idea. it's a
0: long time ago for me it was last year so i remember it like it was yesterday <laughs> so I, I, I guess the next question is what is why we're doing this so what why is it that you've decided to kind of get get, get into doing these specific set of hills because you could have chose any really and we've chosen these ones very
1: specifically many many a set of hills as those people keeping an eye on the different sets of hills will know it's kind of in the family and that means a lot i know them quite well i like them there's varying degrees of skill level depending on the route you take. You've obviously got, I've mentioned it before, your dods, which you can just ramble up and down. You've got your sharp edges. You've got your jack rakes, which... Not for everyone. Bit of a challenge. And it just caters for so many different people. There's just something about them. I've also always liked the idea of kind of completing a big thing. For me, one walk isn't enough. You know, unless it was... Everest or K two, which I'm sure we'll do at some point because that's just up and down in a day. But the Wayne is a real big undertaking, and it's nice to have a multi year project. You know, yeah, never really had it. Something to look forward to most weekends. You can keep track of it.
0: Yeah, I think I'm with you 100 percent on that one because for me, I think I, I personally need a need a goal and like. Like what better goal than this? Completing 214 of the oh, 214, finest, the finest hill. I've said that a lot today. We might <laughs> every a, time it comes up, do a word count on how many times I've said 214. <laughs> no, every every but, time it
1: comes up, I think it's a lot.
0: Yeah, I just think it's it's worth mentioning that there is so many, and we're gonna try get through them all and try and. Uh, uh, bring that to you as well, which I think moves us on nicely to why we're doing this podcast. And I think more than anything, we just want to share our journey with other people. It allows us to have a a log of what we're doing and it allows you to kind of get involved and almost feel like you're coming on a journey with us. So I think in a way we're taking a, a lot of influence from, from Wainwright himself in the fact that he had his seven books that were, that were, purely written so you'd ha- kind of felt like you, you 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 had your own image of what it looked like um, we're going to take you on that on that similar journey this is kind of a audio podcast that you can listen to but then we're also going to have elements of uh, little bits of video and photos as well on social media channels it won't be as in-depth as these podcasts will be but hopefully you can just kind of I think the best way to describe it is we put our boots on and you put your slippers on and just kind of put, listen to the podcast and we do all the hard work and you get to kind of feel like you've came on the journey with us.
1: There's assumption much in there that everyone listening to this is going to be wearing slippers.
0: Is- <laughs> oh, I, personally, I would be. <laughs> So each episode basically is going to consist of one walk, which might, like I say, it might be one peak or it might be, might be 10. And we're also hopefully going to try to get some guest speakers in. And there's going to be a few other bits on the podcast, which we'll get to later when, when, when they happen. So our first podcast is going to be Haystacks, which I think is, is a really fitting place to start because Alfred Wainwrights said that it was his favorite of, of the Wainwrights and it's actually where, where his ashes were, were kind of scattered. So where it all kind of ended for him is where it's starting for us i think so i think that's a really really nice one to start on have you got
1: yeah it's worth mentioning it's probably it is almost where it also ended for us as well yes um it's an interesting walk or at least our experience of it is an interesting one if you could without spoiling anything sum it up for the listeners that are looking forward to next week in
0: one sentence
1: (laughs) how would you sum sum it up um oh man What, what about one word clouds yeah
0: lots of clouds
1: clouds but not in the sense that there's no views we were we were above the cloud line we were in the clouds we were not even above it we we're in the clouds and there is a few occasions where maybe it got a little touch and go yeah a little bit sketchy a little bit sketchy <laughs> yeah
0: but they're all learning curves and hopefully we kind of learn from our mistakes
1: and we take them on the next one no not even mistakes but I don't know what I'd call them, but there were a few moments where I was terrified. Yeah. Not of an edge or anything like that, just that we weren't going to get down. Yeah, it, it felt was like we were going walks. to live, live up there forever. Yeah, and when we got to his town, I thought this might actually be quite a nice place to just settle down, put yeah. down some roots. But no, it was um, it was difficult for reasons which you will come to learn in the next episode.
0: Yeah, I think we'll leave you with that one because... It's quite quite a cliffhanger to end on, I think.
1: Almost literally, yeah. Yeah.
0: Thank you for listening to the Wainwright Ramblers. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review. Check us out on Instagram at Wainwright Ramblers or pop us an email at thewainwrightramblers at gmail.com. Come back next week for episode one to find out what we had to say about hair stacks. Thank you for listening. See you soon.